Welcome to this episode of the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast. I'm Katie Mulligan, Editor-in-Chief of ACG's magazine, Middle Market Growth. I'm joined today by Melissa Mounts, a Managing Director focused on leadership talent at private equity firm GTCR. She joins me today to talk about human capital management and recruitment strategies and why this is an area where more and more private equity firms are focusing. Melissa, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Katie. Great to be with you today. So GTCR has really been at the forefront of this trend in private equity of prioritizing partnerships with portfolio executives and in finding the right people to fill those roles. Your firm uses an approach it calls the leader's strategy. Can you talk about what that looks like and the philosophy behind your approach? Yep, absolutely. So the firm is 40 years old this year. We're celebrating our 40th year. And uh, it was founded um, with this strategy and philosophy called the leader strategy. It basically has three components. Um, It's about partnering with exceptional management leaders, developing our domain expertise and very much specializing in that uh, domain knowledge and executing transformational opportunities. We partner with exceptional executives and we actually take it a step further to invest behind those executives. We will create a new co-company. We will agree upon an investment thesis, create a new co-company, and actually then go to market to find that asset uh, that fits within that. So it's really where we are, you know, placing the bets on leadership. Um, and and then finding you know those opportunities alongside of those le- leaders versus just looking completely transactionally at the at the opportunity. So it really is a unique approach. It puts a lot of accountability uh, for everybody, for us as a firm, and of course for the executives. And you've held a number of human capital focused roles throughout your career, even before you moved over to GTCR. Based on that experience, are there traits or qualities that you'd point to as making a leader successful when working for a private equity portfolio company? And on the flip side, are there any attributes that tend to not be such a good fit? Yeah, I think it is um, from my corporate roles and working with um, leadership to uh, complement, you know, additional executives within those larger corporations. And then, as you said, making the shift into private equity, um, there are some unique aspects around recruiting and finding the executive talent in private equity. I think first and foremost, um, we're focused on leaders that can drive transformational change and create value from that change. So that is really first and, and foremost. We want to see that track record of success from the leaders that we're partnering with and working with. So that is very important. And it can be in multiple different settings. It can be in large public companies. It can be with other private equity sponsors. But having that track record and that consistency of success is extremely important. Also, their industry reputation as a leader the knowing that ecosystem, because in private equity, you know, we are looking for those opportunities to build, to acquire, add on to that platform acquisition. 
So the leaders who really truly understand and are deep in that industry and know the ecosystem and where those opportunities or those unique combinations may be is very, very important. And along with that too is a followership because when we are creating our leader strategy companies and backing our leader strategy execs, they're going to have to build and having a followership of great talent behind them is extremely important as well. And I think that those attributes, while still important in corporate environments, are really key in a private equity because we're asking the executives to build versus entering into a usually very mature and sophisticated uh, corporate entity. So there is a lot of accountability on that executive to be able to take this and build it, you know, up into something of, of great value. And, and that includes everything, right? The people, you know, possibly technology and, and of course, different business processes. I think that at, you know, the difference, or as you said, conversely with, you know, what doesn't resonate in private equity, uh, I find that um, people do have to, the executives have to be the builders versus consumers. I think there are many very, very talented executives in large corporations that know how to leverage the infrastructure that's afforded to them within that large corporation. And, you know, on the private equity side, uh, the scaling and the building of that is very, very key. And so while it's great that they have been consumers of that, maybe in a large organization and have seen those best practices, they have to be able to step outside of that framework and actually then be able to build it. So those are things that we're looking for as well and very key to the success. Mm -hmm. And have the skills or qualities that you look for in executives changed over time as business has changed? I'm thinking in particular about how technology and digital strategy plays a greater role for almost every company today. Do modern businesses require a, a different type of leader than businesses did in the past? Yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, definitely in private equity, we've seen some different transformations in terms of that, what does, what is that definition of value creation? And so, you know, decades ago, right, it was a, a lot of, you know, sometimes financial re-engineering or supply chain was extremely, now that may come back into play um, in our current environment, but that's where value was created. And so, yes, um, today, I think the digitization of business operations, of delivering products and services uh, are very key. And those are new skill sets and different skill sets that um, some executives maybe haven't had as much experience with, depending on uh, which company and, you know, where they are in, in their career. So those are definitely the commercial leadership is, uh, is as well of a very key area for growth. And sales, you know, teams, I think, are built very differently today. So that commercial expertise is, is very important. And then the human capital focus, I think, employee engagement, um, especially now as, you know, we've gone to a lot of fully remote workforce, you know, being able to really provide that leadership and understanding that the impact that the employee engagement has 
But um, but I think that the, the that the qualities of a leader in terms of you know again value creation in terms of uh, their leadership capabilities, their industry focus, those things are things that have been very consistent. But you're right in terms of how to grow and and make a company very relevant. There are some different initiatives that need to be um, be taken. I'm curious about your experience working with portfolio company leaders in this current moment, you know, as they're going through the COVID-19 crisis, has this made you think about human capital management in a, in a different way? Yeah, it very much has. Um, I think that, you know, some firms, you know, especially some technology firms that have a large remote or maybe have, you know, have been very comfortable working in a remote setting, probably things haven't changed as much. But of course, for uh, for many companies, it has changed quite a bit. And I've been working with our portfolio CHROs, you know, across all of our companies. Um, and you know, we've been working and sharing best practices. And, you know, this is all uncharted territory for everybody to really uh, figure out. But yes, that employee engagement, the technology, the way that you build trust and relationships in a virtual world even some of the, you know, onboarding, I think, you know, some people, right, have the, have the privilege of, of being known as a virtually onboarded employee um, in, in this COVID environment. Um, so things have definitely changed and the CHROs are absolutely leading from the front alongside of the CEOs and providing a lot of guidance and partnership to their to their leaders, to their CEOs. Mm-hmm. And to that end, many sponsors too are, are working more closely than ever with management teams to navigate the disruption that's been caused by the coronavirus outbreak. Do you have any advice for other private equity firms in terms of how to support executives and stay up to date on, on new developments, how the companies are faring, but at the same time not being overbearing, for lack of a better word, as as these leaders try to run their businesses in a really difficult time? Yes. I think for us, the key has been a lot of communication, a lot of support. Uh, we, you know, are very collaborative with our management teams and the boards that re- we create. We want them to provide a lot of strategic value. Um, we have been, you know, looking at at some of the boards and saying, you know, how can we add to that uh, to assist our companies in maybe a new direction or a different direction that they're now undertaking. So I think board composition is one way that the private equity sponsor can really support and and aid, and you know, the frequent communication and making sure that you know everyone. That, that business is thriving or operating as normally as it can in this environment. But bringing together those functional experts as well, I think is a very important uh, initiative. So um, as I work with our CHROs, as others within our firm work with our CFOs and CEOs, bringing together those groups, because there is a lot of uh, experience and information and best practices. And so facilitating, really taking the role of facilitator and bringing that group together and getting them talking with each other and sharing is extremely powerful. Earlier, you mentioned remote work, and that seems to be a major 
workforce trend that's underway as some companies consider whether they ever return to a a physical office. If more companies go that route permanently, you know, do you expect that to have a any meaningful impact on the ability to recruit executives if now there are fewer geographical constraints? Geographical constraints have always been there. And I, I think that, you know, um, exacerbated with the last recession when um, people felt, you know, so constrained with being able to sell their house and, and physically make a, a move and a financial decision in that, in that way. So I think that that, you know, had a large impact there. But yes, the remote work will definitely help. I think that from an executive perspective, it might not have as big of an impact because I find that a lot of executives, you know, the C-suite, they will uh, have a, a home or maybe their family is cemented, you know, in another geography and, and they are doing a remote type of arrangement. But I do think that at some of the mid-management levels and some of the levels where skills are very difficult to come by, this will be a huge lift to open up those talent pools. And I think that it is an opportunity for companies to really decide how technology is going to enable them, again, to work most efficiently, to still have that company culture, to build those that trust and relationships and engagement across. So I do think that it, it, will, uh, it will be a help for especially talent pools that, that are very scarce. Mm-hmm. And the other major talent headline that's come out of this crisis has been the unemployment rate. We've seen record high unemployment claims. What impact do you expect that to have on the candidate pool for portfolio companies at, at your firm and, and also more broadly? Yeah, I think again, it's, you know, it's very opportunistic um, and situational for individuals. GTCR has always been very, very proactive of knowing the networks, the executive networks and meeting executives all the time, not just when there is a need, you know, for a CEO or CFO or any other executive level. So I do think that some situations will change in terms of the timing of individuals being, you know, ready to consider new opportunities. I think by and large, I haven't seen a, you know, a a huge increase in executives that are all of a sudden available. I think that, you know, it just does change the considerations that, um, that some executives are having I do think that with our, you know, stay at home environment today, executives are accessible um, more so than they have been in the past. So, you know, not being on airplanes, you know, physically traveling to and from meetings, it's been a great time to continue to build our networks and get to know executives and our video conferencing capabilities have helped greatly in, in feeling like you have had a proper introduction, nothing, you know, really substitutes for that in-person meeting with with an executive and building relationships. But I do think the accessibility of executives has definitely been increased in our shelter-in-place environment. Mm -hmm. And for my last question, I want to ask you about diversity and inclusion. You know, these were initiatives that seem to be picking up within the business community and then I think have come to the fore even more so amid the the protests that are happening here in Chicago as well as in, you know, cities across the nation. 
is this is diversity and inclusion something you think about in your role at GTCR and, and in your executive recruitment efforts? Yes, it is. Um, I also am the head of diversity and inclusion for the firm, and that spans across not only our own firm resources, but external into our portfolio leadership and to our board. And these initiatives have been you know, well underway at, at GTCR, but I think, as you said, are very, very important. You know, study after study has proven how a diverse workforce is, you know, extremely beneficial to an organization's uh, success. And so we are, I'm thrilled to be leading those efforts on behalf of the firm. And I do think that it, you know, just in our current state, it has given a renewed emphasis and focus on, you know, how important this initiative is. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. You're welcome, Katie. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Middle Market Growth Conversations. Subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts or Google Play, where you can listen to past episodes and hear the next episode in two weeks. While you're there, we'd love if you could rate the show and leave a review to help other listeners find out about us. If you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the podcast, we'd love to hear your suggestions. Please email them to editor at acg.org. I'd also encourage you to check out our website, middlemarketgrowth.org, for more content covering the middle market, private capital investment, and trends in middle market M&A.